Welcome to the Team Radical Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to everything hunting in the great outdoors. If you guys love every aspect of hunting and the camaraderie that goes along with it, I promise you will love this podcast. Please make sure to leave us some positive reviews and those five stars. We appreciate it. Now, let's get to the show. Trick or treat. It is Halloween, October 31st. I'm Kyle, your host of the Team Radical Podcast. And I know we were supposed to do a podcast last week, but we just didn't have enough really to go on uh, between the entire team. So uh, we decided to wrap up week three and week four together here and kind of walk you through it. And I'm just going to start off right away talking about uh, what I've had going on. And that uh, third week was awesome for me in a way and terrible in a way. So... To get started, a little backstory. I was hunting this. It's a newer farm, and there's a buck on there that I've I've watched. I've been on the farm for at least two years, and he's a mainframe ten, bunch of trash, and he's kind of narrow. And I was actually in southern Ohio this year hunting the opener there, uh, there towards the end of September, and I started getting pictures of this buck, and he wasn't daylighting, but. Typically, I'd never got pictures of this buck this early on, and I didn't hunt it at all. You know, October got here, still wasn't hunting it, and I was getting pictures of him about every couple days, uh, nowhere near daylight. And then middle of October, we had a really good cold front come through and had those northwest winds, which is the ideal wind for hunting this spot. And I ended up going out on the 18th, which was the last day of that cold front, basically, had the perfect northwest wind, uh, probably solid 10, 12 mile an hour, something like that. And I was sitting in a 360 blind and ended up seeing quite a few deer come out, probably eight does that came out first. And they all hit this clover. And just to kind of describe the setup here, it's got about a, th- I, I did a 30 yard wide. Now it's probably 20 yard wide by 50 yard long. Uh, clover and chicory buffer that butts up to three and a half acres of standing railroad soybeans and I always like doing that because I feel like deer love hitting the greens before they hit the beans and I've actually filmed deer coming walking through the beans to hit the greens and then go right back into the beans it's just something that I've had really good luck with in the past so that's how I wanted to set it up this year for that last year I did harvest salad on that buffer so I could frost seed in my clover this year Worked perfect, came up great, only had to mow it one time, and looked phenomenal. So anyways, I get sat in the stand, eight does, and they all funnel through. They end up going back towards their bedroom, except two of them. Two of them are standing there about 35 yards away, and at this point, now they're standing in the beans. And they, we had probably 45 minutes of shooting light left, and they just took their head and they whirled it back around and looked behind them. And like they just saw a deer. And to describe this woodlot, it's maybe five acres of timber, but it's so thick. It's autumn olive. It's just invasive, everything. It's so thick, you cannot see inside the woods at all from this blind. So they literally have to come out before you could ever see a deer. And they whip their head around and look, and it wasn't five seconds later. I look up, immediately know it's him. He's standing there now at 35 yards, has his head straight up looking at those does, and I'm like, holy crap. And so I've got the camera on my left. I'm on the right, on the tri- The camera's on the tripod, looking out one window, and I'm going to try to shoot out this window that's on the right. 
And this deer comes out, and I, I thought he was going to hit the clover and then just start feeding and give me an opportunity to settle in and, and get my shot. But when he came out, he actually started angling towards me, walking towards me, and started getting a little closer. I'm like, holy crap, like this deer is going to end up angling really close. And then at that point, I was going to have to open one of the long windows. And he, at that point, he would have been 20-some yards, and I thought I was going to get busted if I did that. So I'm like, I need to shoot this deer right now. So anyways, got him on camera. He's coming. And I get him stopped just in the nick of time to where I would have switched windows. Everything would have been a complete cluster. Grunin stopped him, settled in, felt fantastic, put the 30-yard pin. He was right at 30 yards, put it right on the top of his heart, pulled the trigger. And initial thought was, I just heart shot this buck. He is dead. He whirls around and runs straight back in the timber, so I lose him immediately. And didn't see him. And I'm like, wow, I think I just I just center punched this big buck. But I'm like, man, that arrow went through him so fast. That arrow was 15 yards behind him and, and angled off to the left. I was like, something don't seem right. So I went back and reviewed the footage. And this has to be like a one in a million odds that this would ever happen. But it happened to me. That arrow somehow, with a little bit of his reaction ricochet or deflected off of his shoulder or back of his elbow and went down and just grazed his belly hair and long story short i was sick but i sent to a bunch of guys and they still thought i i center punched him so i thought well the best thing to do is to get out go look at my arrow the you know the arrows lit up nocturnal knock on there so i can find my arrow real easy and find my arrow and there's absolutely nothing on it i mean nothing like it's like i just shot at the target range there's nothing on the arrow whatsoever so i went to the impact site and there was a bunch of white hair there zero blood no blood whatsoever and i thought well this is terrible went back home decided i was gonna wait till overnight come back that following morning first light and see if I can find anything else and I searched and searched didn't find anything else and in all honesty that arrow never entered that deer's chest cavity never went in and the reason I know that is because now uh here we are a couple weeks later whatever uh, I've got pictures of him again he is just fine he's working scrapes he's still there uh, I think it's going to be really difficult to get a crack at him now, but uh, still going to wait for that wind to get right. I'm waiting for some cooler temperatures to hopefully get in there. And usually about middle of November, that spot is pretty on fire. So I'm going to wait till probably then before I start hunting that. So that was kind of a, no, it's not kind of, it was a huge bummer, huge bummer. Uh, thought I did everything right. And I even came back home that next day shot a four arrow group at 30 yards and I was smacking fletching. So it wasn't the bow. I definitely hit where I aimed. Just, I need to tell myself to, you know, aim a little bit higher and aim a little further back because there's no reason I shouldn't. Uh, I guess you just get gun shy of a deer's reaction, but honestly at 30 yards, I don't think that deer was going to react very much, uh, but you never know. So anyways, that leads us to the next hunt. And that was on a Tuesday the the next hunt which would have been on the 22nd i went to back to the home farm here 
and decided I need to get my confidence built back up. I need we on this property we have to shoot a lot of does um, because our our deer population is just nuts here at the home farm. So I wanted to kill some does, and I thought, man, this would be a perfect time for a confidence booster to shoot a doe, and went out, sat in another 360 blind over some uh, clover and chicory, and sure enough, it wasn't too terribly long. Doe comes out, 25 yards, absolutely center puncher, uh, heart, double lung. I, I remember what it was. It was perfect, though, right behind the shoulder. And... She went 40 yards, fell over dead. And about 10 minutes later, I heard some grunting. I look up, and there are three bucks, a three-and-a-half-year-old and two younger bucks that start pushing these couple or a few other does around inside the timber. And they end up coming out, and I'm like, wow. They're uh, they're doing some, some bumping and grunting, and they're kind of getting frisky. So I didn't think anything of it and sat there for another 10 minutes and sure enough, look up and the one of the number one target bucks on the home farm comes out 75 yards away and he's got does in front of him, but he doesn't even pay any attention to the does. He just sits there and feeds in this clover and chicory for literally, I don't even know, 20 minutes and he didn't move 10 yards. So anyways, it gets to legal shooting light, uh, getting to be after legal shooting light and I know I need to get out of there. So fortunate for me, I was able to call my wife and she was able to come on my side by side and bump all the deer out so I could get out of there. And I ran back home, got a sled, went in the woods. And like I said, she only went 40 yards in there, got her out real fast, got out of there. And the next morning he's back on trail camera in there, but I hadn't been getting any picture of him there. And then of course that night I decided to shoot a doe. There he is. So that was good to get my confidence up, but also I I wasn't happy that he was there at that point in time because I obviously shot a doe, but is what it is. So then I go back out on the 26th, and it was a little warmer on the 26th, but it wasn't terrible like it is right now. But went out there, I'm hunting this pinch area where I shot Uno, and We've had really good luck in this little pinch down area of the timber. And there's some red oaks in there, and, and the acorns are plentiful in there. And I, I think that's why they actually love that spot. And they use it to their advantage for the pinch area with the wind directions. So I decided I was going to go sit there. And I go sit in there and probably ended up being one of my better hunts of the year. And I ended up seeing 14 different bucks over 20 some does. It was unreal. And I don't know if my thermals were just rising all night, but I had deer, probably 10 or 12 deer at a time within five to 10 yards of my tree stand for over 45 minutes to an hour. And no deer ever smelt me, no deer blew, nothing. And I would say about half the deer were feeding in the eight, in the acorns inside this pinch and probably half the deer were out in the green and eating in the clover and chicory and just had a really good hunt passed up some uh, a really nice three-year-old and a bunch of other different bucks but uh it ended up getting close to sh the end of shooting light and there's three does bedded down about 15 20 yards from me and i'm supposed to go grind meat that night and so I, I've got to get out of there they, they need me there because I got to bring the the fat there to grind with the deer to make the deer burger blah 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 
And I'm like, I, I can't sit here all night and wait for these deer to get up and leave. So I, I'm going to have to do something. So I slowly start packing up all my stuff as quietly as I can. And at this point, it's pretty quiet. There's hardly any wind, nothing. And I just got my camera inside and on my backpack. And I heard that famous crunch, crunch, crunch coming from behind me. And all of a sudden I look down and this deer is five yards away. And it's that same buck super wide 10 pointer he's a six-year-old he's an awesome buck one of the ones i'm targeting in there and he's five yards it's five minutes after shooting light he's at five yards and he just starts absolute thrashing this tree rubbing this tree just thrashing it as hard as he can and then he goes back to feeding on acorns and i think he knew that those does were right there but he just didn't move he was just standing there feeding and barely moving at all and at this point i now it's like 20 minutes after shooting light maybe 25 minutes i'm like man i've really got to get out of here and i just was hoping that he would go over there and bump those does get them up and they would take off but it was not happening so finally at this point i don't know how long i've been in the stand now i know i have got to do something and i can see just enough of outline in my binoculars the the deer i i can't see him with my naked eye but i can see him barely through my my leopold binoculars and i was going to try an old trick try try to bump him out of there with a coyote howling sound and i tried that it did not work the deer just were looking around didn't care at all the buck was standing up the does were still bedded down no care in the world so i'm like well we've got to go to a plan b c or d here and I got on YouTube and I was like, I'm going to look up like women screaming. So I typed in women screaming and it came up to a, a horror movie sound effect clip of a whole bunch of different women screaming on different set <clears throat> on different segments. And so I played that as loud as I possibly can. And like I said, these deer are 20 yards. I played that as loud as I possibly can on the phone and finally, they stand up, the does go to the right, the buck goes to the left, no deer ever blew, got out of there quietly. It was a phenomenal hunt. It was a lot of fun. It's one of those hunts that, it's like, man, it really gets you fired up. And I know it's five minutes after shooting light, but I'm like, man, I'm getting so close to this buck. It's driving me bonkers. So the next night, I sat in a tree stand about 200 yards from there, maybe 150 and we've shot a, quite a few big bucks out of this tree stand as well. And uh, I saw quite a few does, saw some decent bucks, and but they were moving real slow. And then probably five minutes of shooting light left, I looked up and inside my TSI, about 50, 75 yards, somewhere in that vicinity, I could see this big body and just thrashing this tree. And sure enough, it's that buck again. He ends up walking behind me at about 50, 60 yards and starts walking towards these does that are inside the timber. And I wasn't about to try to call to him or get him to come out because, like I said, five minutes of shooting live, I didn't think there was going to be enough time that he would come in. And sure enough, if he did come in and it was after shooting light, you know, that was going to be frustrating. So I decided to just let him go and uh, try to get out of there as quiet as I could. And I did that. So was able to do all that and and uh you know three encounters now with that buck uh the 18th had that really good opportunity on that awesome buck that i deflected the arrow off of 
So things are shaping up, but here we've got this warmer weather. And what I've noticed is the deer have been moving really slow. I'm seeing the deer, but they're moving really slow when they're moving. Not a whole lot of chasing and bumping action, very minimal. And if they do bump them, uh, it's usually for about 10, 15 seconds, and they go right back to feeding or just meandering around. So I'm not sure what's going to break that mold. Obviously, I think it's going to be, you know, those first does coming in heat. Maybe things are going to shape up. But according to what I'm seeing on trail cameras and a bunch of other guys too, it's right after shooting light. Basically through the night, you're seeing a lot of activity and seeing some activity in the in the early mornings in daylight. So this week, I'm going to try to focus on some morning hunts. And I'm still going to try some, some afternoon hunts as well. But I, I think those morning hunts are going to be a lot better this week versus um, next week we've got better weather. It's not great, but it's, it is better weather. I think that's going to be awesome. And I'm just going to stick in the same spot for the most part and try to get a crack at one of these shooters. There's at least three different bucks in this vicinity that I want to shoot. And two of them are really good ones. The one is at least probably a seven-year-old big eight with matching kickers on both sides. A lot of history with him. I'd definitely shoot him. So I'm just going to stick it out in this pinched down area, and hopefully one of those does is going to lead one of those one of those shooters past me. So with a little luck and uh, you know good faith, hopefully I'll get a get a crack at one of them. But I know that some of the guys have had really good encounters last week. They, uh, I know Reese almost filled a second buck tag on a really good, really good eight-pointer, but uh, couldn't quite seal a deal. So I think a bunch more of us are going to get out uh, in the next couple weeks, and it's going to be really good. So sorry we've been keeping you this long, waiting for the next podcast, but hopefully with more guys going to be in the woods, we're going to have some more encounters, more to talk about. So Today, we're going to have Joel Eggers on. We're going to have Chris Walker on. And first, we're going to hop on the phone now with Mr. Joel Eggers. All right, and now we've got Joel Eggers on the phone in southern Illinois. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day here. Uh, just messing around the farm, got some hunters out, and uh, try to get a few things done. It's been, been dry here up until the last week or so. We have finally gotten some rain. So that's kind of, I think, helped get a few things rolling. Yeah. Did you, were you able to get all your crops out? I have about 50 acres of double crop beans that I'm going to, I'm going to get everything back out of the sheds today, get everything uh, ready to go and try to knock them out tomorrow. And I guess that would be Thursday. And at that point, all the crops are out. I've got all my wheat in the ground. All I have to do is if it dries up a little bit, I might rip some, some ground that is going into corn next year. Right so, on, right on. Pretty much, right, pretty much done. Pretty much wrapped it up for the year. Yeah, did you end up having a, a good harvest then? Uh, yes, yes. Overall, it was a good harvest. You know, it's been really dry, which made everything dry down super quick. The soybeans got too dry on me, and I I, I lost some yield there. I, I do believe on my regular season beans. Um, the double crop beans though are doing better than what I expected, so um, that's making up a little bit there. So overall, it's worked out really good. They say you get the, what is it, drill, drill the wheat in the dust and the bend the bust. So that was definitely the case this year. We were, it was a dry, it was, it was dusty working the ground and getting the, the wheat drilled. But uh, 
we got the rain now and we're going to have some warm weather this week, which is not good for the hunting, but it ought to get what wheat's not up. It should, should be up hopefully by the end of the week. Awesome. 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 Well, you mentioned you have uh, hunters in camp. Did you just, uh, just get hunters in camp recently or? Yes. Yes. The first group of hunters came in Sunday afternoon and uh, they started hunting yesterday and they hunt through Friday. And, uh, Definitely kind of a warm week. I think yesterday and today is going to be the better better days. But uh, we seen some deer yesterday. Had one of the guys had a good encounter on a deer that I have not seen on hoof this year. But I've got a couple trail cam pictures of him this summer, and he's a stud. And he had him at 35 yards. Another little buck off to his right. This buck was to the left. He grunted. Perfect scenario. Uh, other than he got downwind of him. And about 35 yards or right, he was getting ready to draw it, it caught a whip of something I didn't like and it kind of turned around. He said, and ended up circling around and chasing the 10 pointer off. So didn't think it was too scared. So I think we still have a good chance at maybe get him here this week. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're talking about week three and four here of deer season because mm-hmm. we didn't, weren't able to hop on last week, but, uh, have yeah. you, have you been able to get out at all? I have, you know, early part of season, it was dry and I was just trying to, trying to get the crops out as quick as I could as they were losing moisture so quick. Um, so I didn't really start hunting until mid month and got a couple, couple of the cold fronts came through with no rain, but, uh, I did get to go and I've been, I've been targeting one deer as without setting. I'm not hunting my own ground too much. I'm hunting some family farms and uh, a couple of permission pieces. And I've, I've got one deer on my mind. He's not a huge scoring deer, big mainframe eight with a split two, but he's seven years old. Got some history with him. He's at least seven. And, uh, this year is his best rack. You know, he's probably one sixties and, uh, that's my number one target. But this farm has been logged, I guess, what was it? A little over a year ago. And it changed up a lot of my pinch points that I had figured out are not no longer working. And I've got to get a little bit more aggressive and I'm, I'm changing a few things up and that's kind of been tricky. Um, I know one of the spots I went in while I was combining the field, I kind of got him, I've got him pinned down. I've got, I think I've got him pinned down where he's staying quite a bit. I actually left the combine runner out alongside the edge of the field, had to stand with me, went in there 40 yards and hung it with the combine running, running 40 yards from me there. And I don't know if that helps or not, but that's what I did. And I'm, I've got a picture in there since. So I, think as soon as i get the wind right i want to get into that spot and hopefully that's this weekend is that uh is now is that deep in the timber or is that on the edge or i'm assuming that's on the edge that is on the edge you know that's 40 yards off on a little flat that i've never hunted before and it's loaded up with sign this year and i've been hunting back farther i've got great access back farther and uh i'm not seeing the deer back there that i was before this logging was done so i think they're up up front more and I'm driving around past basically um you hear people doing that elk hunting going deep into the into the forest and and you're passing so many elk up before you get to, you know and then and they're back behind you and you, you've worked your butt off and basically I think that's what I'm doing with whitetail hunting I think I'm going right past them and they're they're bedding 100 yards off the food not 500 yards off the food yeah now with that being said are you trying to get it where your wind is blowing to the field or blowing back in or, or what what kind of wind are you wanting basically what i figured out on this deer is a flat and there's a steep ridge on three sides of the field on the top side i think on an east wind he's been bedding on that west facing ridge with that east wind blowing over top and he comes back out with the wind in his favor 
goes circles around and goes out in the big field. And then vice versa on a west wind, he's on that east east ridge, and they're all, these ridges are only 200 yards apart, and they're using a flat to come out and check and go to the field. So what I need is really a crosswind that is blowing kind of at an angle, I guess I w- you would say. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not straight out to the field, but depending on which way that wind is, I need, I need a little bit of a north in there since he's going to be to the west of me or east of me. I'm not going to go quite in as deep as he is. I'm going to stay out 40 yards from the field. And I think he's betting 100 yards off the field or 80 yards off the field. So I want that wind to be crossed so it's still in his favor. But I can't go a straight west or a straight east because there's a good chance he could bust me before I get my shot. So, so I need it. Say so, so now we've obviously lost a ton of foliage. Is that going to affect anything? Mm, it shouldn't. It's super thick. I actually went in last night and uh, I ended up going in deep and around hoping that maybe he got pushed back, but I tried to get in there and hang and there just wasn't much wind. And it's so thick. The only tree I could find to hang, and I, I crawled up in it. It was a cedar tree. The base of it was probably eight inches. And I got up there standing about six or seven feet. And I was already down to about four inches on the, on the base of the cedar tree. And I cut a few limbs and I just decided I'm going to have to hang this, this band at about four to five feet off the ground. I'm going to be eye level level with him. He's coming off the hill. I just, I backed out. I backed out, and maybe I shouldn't have. Um, I feel like I was very close to him last night, but I just didn't feel like it was right. Yeah. So I went around and hunted back deep in the in the timber again, and um, seen a seen an eight pointer pushing pushing a doe around, and she almost acted like she was in. I mean, they were they were pretty pretty tight. He was staying with her, um, but that's the only deer I seen was them too. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So yeah. So this year. If I remember right, you said you've got a lot more hunters this coming in this year versus last year. Is that right? It's pretty similar this year. The first year, from the first year to last year, we did gain quite a few, but we're uh, right at about the same amount as last year. Gotcha, gotcha. So yep. uh, we talked a little bit, but is it kind of wearing on you a little bit? It does. It is. It's hard in multiple ways. You know, I, I, my passion is hunting, and I love putting these guys on them, and, and they kill some some great deer. That's the best deer of their life, which is awesome. But at the same time, I'm pay- making payments and making these lease payments on the ground, and I'm not even getting to hunting myself. So it does get a little a little tough there. But I, I'm lucky that I do have four or five other satellite farms that only I can hunt. Neighbors let me hunt, and uh, family farms that other family hunts too. So I don't really have them to myself, but I can still go other places. Um, and I'm working on always trying to pick up more ground. I'm working on another piece that I'd, I'd like to hunt, right? you know, and, and just, just, it takes time building relationships. Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. So it is, it is back to the question. It is, it is tough um, to make, make the payments on the ground. I, that was part of when, when Rachel and I decided to do it, that's the only way we could afford the ground was to be able to bring hunters in and, uh, that's that's part of it. So yeah, I'll pay for the ground. She, she told me basically if I don't do the outfit, and then we got to sell the ground. So I'm gonna, I, I'd have to be in a dilemma there if if, uh, <laughs> if I sold the ground or if I if I quit the outfit. Yep, yep. So is there a in game goal with that? I mean, is there like you know I need to pay off X amount percentage of it yeah. before before exactly. I stop doing it? I mean, is you know, you, do you have a threshold there? I don't have an exact number on any of that, but, you know, Rachel works her butt off. Um, I work quite a bit too. We sold our house. We're living in a camper right now. I'm Nolan's four. I'm hoping and, and, uh, 
less than 10 years. I, I'm not saying that I won't have hunters come in, but maybe a very select few that's on the same page as me that, you know, we're not shooting this, this four or five year old deer that's 160 inches because he's got the potential to be 180. And if I can get some guys kind of filtered through that, that I can, I know like that, then I think I would try to keep them around, you know, if they, if they were still interested. Um, but I've got some great guys that come hunt with me and they're, they're tickled to death with killing a 120, 130 inch deer. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I'm not going to stop to that because that's what they're, they're here for. And, and, uh, I think that's great. And, uh, I just hope when that happens, I hope a lot of times it's not that two year old 125 inch 10 pointer. I hope it's that four year old 120 inch seven pointer. <laughs> yeah. No joke. But that's not the way it works. And I do not get upset about it. I know that's part of it. And, uh, as long as they're happy, I'm happy. Yep, hundred percent. Well, yep. we're we're coming into what should be the better days of the hunting season here, uh, at least for the next two weeks. Uh, do you have any plans on trying to hunt hard, or are you pretty much going to be tied up with with hunters every day? My my plan is this week. To me, I've never had a whole lot of luck that first through the fourth of November. So what I'm going to be trying to do as it dries out here, it's still muddy, standing here in mud right now, which is good. I, I, I'm, I'm glad we needed the rain, but I'm, I'm getting equipment out. going to try to get my farming knocked out this week, take care of these hunters that's in camp, get everything set up for next week. And I think we got a little better temperatures coming in next week. And I just like next week's dates a little bit better. seems like this week, you know, you're kind of starting to see some of these, the, at least here in Southern Illinois, a lot of them are still, pretty tight to the core not saying that's for all of them but pretty tight if you've got a big one that you know is hitting a spot i think now it's time to get on them but i think in you know five days you start seeing some deer that like i, I know right around the home place here there's a couple of them within a mile or two of here that are really nice that i feel like they could be moving in in five ten days so you see some deer that you don't really know so that's my plan is to, to really get everything buttoned up this week so I can have everything ready to go, get the hunters out next week, and then I get to go myself, hopefully, as soon as I get them dropped off. My dad and wife helped me getting them dropped off and picked up. So so trying to trying to make sure I do as much this week so that I open up a little freedom for myself next week with yep. my help. Yep, yep. So what, why do you think that is? Do you think, I mean, the, the bucks now they're getting with their first doe? Um, and then you said you like next week dates better do you think that's mm -hmm. because that's when they're getting on trying to find that second doe uh why do you think that that date is better mm, in that aspect i couldn't tell you i'm going off past history sure and uh, you know as a, as a younger guy in his teens and 20s i didn't miss any day that i could be out in the field if i if i was working and i could be home at four o'clock which shows pretty much every day i went for the last hour and a half now I think about it a lot more, but I also took very good notes back in those days. And just over the years, and year in, year out, over probably 15 years there hunting 100 times a year, I'd never had much luck that first through fourth. And then from that fifth to that 13th, I always had them were my better days. So that's just kind of past, his, past history. And I know farms have changed and times have changed. So maybe that's quite, not quite as irrelevant as what it used to be, but I still kind of go off of that and it still kind of holds my, um, I got, I've got a confidence in it, I guess I would say. Yeah. So as to why that could be it, but I can't say that's, that's to my, 
knowledge that that's what makes the difference, but that would make sense. That could be part of it possibly. Yeah. And I wonder just, I'm just thinking aloud, like I look back at the history I've had too. And like, I, sh- I killed OMAG on November 1st in 2013. Mm-hmm. And that deer was a ghost, like one of the hardest deer I've hunted, uh, just never seen him in daylight ever. Mm-hmm. And then just a few days before that though, the way that, well, it's, uh, I call it the L shape. You know, you know where I'm talking. Exactly. Um, I saw him out there with a doe two or three days prior to that. And he was running off every single other deer, every other buck that was trying to come in. So I could tell she was hot. And I knew that since he claimed the dominance, he was going to take her into that timber and fight off everything. And, I, the the I, and I said the next time I can hunt I'm gonna kill that deer, and it was that like I said two or three days later I got in there and he broke off that doe and he came in, uh just walking r- real slow yeah and and perfect timing yeah, yeah. It, it was perfect timing he got off that doe and was probably searching for that next one slowly and uh, was able to capitalize but you just never know I mean. Yeah. And that's one thing that I know we've been talking about too, is just we rely on these cameras so much. And, and I even rely on, I drive around a lot looking and a guy really needs to get in the stand, whether it is the first two fourth and it's a south wind for the fourth day and it's warm. Um, you do need to be out there to kill one. And uh, that's, that's kind of, cause to say that at certain dates, like to the day that, that that's whenever that, that's going to be, he's going to be locked down with the doe from the 29th to the 31st. And they're going to be looking by the first or, you know, vice versa, whatever days it are. And I think it's, it's all different now. Certain days, if you see them doing certain things year after year, that is something to definitely key on. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, and there, yeah. there's so much var- variance just like this year crops got picked so much later. Like we're just now getting some cornfields picked and, I, I don't know how it is down there, but here, like when you have a fresh cut, cut, uh, cornfield, like it's, it's like a light switch and every deer or surrounding is coming out to that cut cornfield. And, yes. and, uh, I know I've been driving around a couple of evenings and the fresh cut cornfields have just been straight up fire. I mean, t- tons of deer and you're getting that large congregation, which obviously is going to attract the buck to, try to find that hot first hot doe. Yes, exactly. Whereas there's some of the years prior, you know, it's picked much sooner. So I I think that has a little role to play in it on, on location. Um, Timing wise, I I agree. Like I don't think you can narrow it down to a single day, but there's definitely a four to five day window that you just got to, you got to have your butt in the stand. Yes. Yep. And, and just like you said, back to crops and even, even, mass crops acorns is a huge one and we had a pretty good crop this year and i think that's why i've been hunting the timber because of it but i've been stuck in a rut i'm going back to my pinch and i I think i think it's a great spot i've killed some good deer there but i need to get off of that and rethink things and that's really what i've been doing the last couple days and whether that's due to crops that logging um you do you every year you got to be analyzing what's went on on the farm, how the crops have changed. And, and I'm, I've gotten, as I've gotten busier, I've gotten worse on taking notes and my memory is not that good. 
that's what a guy needs to be doing is writing down every day you hunt or even if you just drive, what you see and where, how they come out, what wind direction. And I used to do that. And well, that's, I that's the best part of the best part of filming. I don't have to write anything down. Yeah. You can yeah, literally you can see. Right. But yeah. in your in your what you're saying though, like driving around or scouting, obviously you're not filming all that. So I need to be, but a lot of times you're right. I'm in the tractor and a lot right. of times it is from the tractor too. Um, and you get 10 minutes and whatever vehicle I've got out there in the field, I jump in, I take a ride. Um, but yeah, the camera would be nice to, so to let, have. Let me, let me ask you this because I'm going to give you what I've done the last couple of years and what I've done all the years prior to that has been really different. So like the last two years, I haven't shot a buck on any of the farms because I was trying to learn those new farms. Correct. So I've been, the last two years I've been bouncing around all over the place. I mean, almost a different stand every sit, it seemed like. In the years past, like, you know, my pinched down area where I shot Uno. Yep. Uh, if I have a shooter in that vicinity, I will literally sit between that stand and the, my bottom stand. I will sit in one of those two stands every single hunt until I get, they're my, until I get my they're shot. Bored. Yes, I, I know your situation, and that's the, the pinch I'm in too. And, and I'm, I agree. When you got one, I'm I'm 300 yards from where he's at. Won't he come through this pinch eventually? Is what I'm thinking. And I agree with that to a to a certain extent. So my you know, my question to you is: Are are you are you like me? Like, are you going to sit it out? I mean, just keep grinding in that spot until eventually it happens, or do you feel like that's not a good idea? Um, just just asking. What, what's your opinion on that? I think you got to, I think you need to be out there as much as you can. And in my situation where I've been, where I've been grinding out this one, one pinch point, I'm giving it four five, six days rest. And I'm going to hunt up around a little tighter here while if I get a chance in the next five days, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to hunt another farm or two, but don't get me wrong. I'm going to be in that pinch a lot yet this fall. Well, let's, let's, let's play a scenario here. Say Joel, you can hunt that pinch every single day that you want. Every single day, you have no obligation, no nothing, no responsibilities holding you back. You can hunt it every day. Are you going to hunt it every day? That the, and, and, and the wind is right. Let's say every day. Are you going to? And I know. Are you? And I know hunt? even. Yeah, and I don't have. Yeah, if I if I know that's my number one target deer, and I can get the wind right, I'm not saying I'm not going to hunt it every every day. But yes, I'm going to I'm going to pound it out as long as I'm not spooking deer. I haven't spooked any deer, and in the spot I'm talking about. It's great access if you got the wind right. Um, you you usually do not spook any deer unless they're bedded right under the tree, and that has happened before. Yep. So yes, I am gonna I'm gonna put put as much time as I can right there if that's my number one deer. And reality is, yeah, and you're gonna get a break. That wind's not gonna be the same for seven days more than likely, unless it's a south that you need, then you might get it. But. uh yeah, that's if it's a foolproof spot, and that's the key. Is my access has got to be foolproof, and that wind I can't be getting busted. Yep. Um, and then I, I think you do if you've got the deer that you're wanting to kill, and you know he's right around that area, he's going to slip up. I think you just got to keep you just got to keep after him. Yep. So uh, another question is, I absolutely passionately hate all day sits, <laughs> and I very rarely do them ever. I'm just going to be honest, very rarely. But I see a bunch of people say, I know I've killed my biggest buck between 11 and 2. I personally have never killed a buck between 11 and 2 ever in my life. 
Um, I would like to ask you, have you ever shot a buck between 11 and 2, and are you a big proponent of all-day sits? Well, I'm guessing I'm going to be about the same as, as your answer on this. We've probably set very few days between 11 and 2. Yeah. I know I've set less than a dozen of them between 11 and 2 have I been in a tree stand. So I think that's a big part of that. But not only is it that 11 to 2 kill that, that helps you out, in my opinion, a lot of these deer around me anyway at small woodlots, hillsides, you slip in in the morning, it's dark. That deer might already be bedded. Say he's 120 yards, you got the wind right, but he can see everything down there. All right. Now the whole day has passed. He don't have the wind exactly right, but he didn't see anything happen all day down there. He's comfortable through his eyes and what he watched all day to come out there with the wind maybe not quite perfect. And I've seen having my hunters out there, not myself, but I'm 99% sure that's why we've killed a couple of the bigger deer that we've killed the last couple of years is because the all day set and with that scenario, them using their eyes and feeling comfortable and then coming out with the wind, not quite right for the deer. And I really do think that all day sets can pay in that way for an evening hunt, but you're going to have a hard time getting me set all day. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's not that I hate it. It's just the fact that I can't stand because I feel like I'm I wasted the day if I didn't shoot my target buck because I, there's so much other things I needed to get done in the middle of the day. And, yep. and I just, it drives me nuts if, if I'm sitting up there and I'm like, man, I really need to get this done, man. I really need to get this done. It's like, you can't, you're stuck hey. to the seat and yeah, you, you're, you're grinding it out. I'm just, I know some people love all day sits. I'm just, I'm not that guy. I'm just not. I'm not either. I, I can't sit still that long. I, I, just like you said, there's so much to do. If uh, if you were on your hunting trip and you weren't at home or around the farm, yeah, it'd be a lot easier to set all day. But whenever you know, but just like you said, you got a list of stuff that needs to be taken care of. It's tough to do. Um, but I really do think a guy should do it, especially if you're on a good deer. Yeah. But it, it's, and, but it's also, in my opinion, not worth sacrificing your mental sharpness. Like, that You're, that absolutely affects me mentally and yep. and i would rather personally be more mental sharp going into every single sit than sitting in an all day sit and just getting absolutely frustrated mentally on things that i did not accomplish or could not get done in the middle of the day that would totally kill my vibe and i feel like that's when you can make some big mistakes yeah very true. And then also, if you grind it out like that and you do have that list to do, if you do it a couple of days in a row, you might have to miss a day or two of hunting, a good morning or a good evening. Yep. So, yeah, I think there's a balance to, there's balance to everything we do. And uh, there, I think there is times and places that it, it, it should be done even by you, or, you and I. But uh, at the same time, you've got to just – you've got to make that call and you do what you got to do. But grinding it out as much as you can is definitely – definitely the way to get one killed and and that's something that that if i want to kill a big deer that's what i've got to start doing again i've been i've been so scattered the last 10 years between buying houses renting houses storage units i've just been so scattered my focus has not been on learning and and adapting the changes on the farm that's been okay i had success here 10 years ago i need to keep doing that so i'm trying this year to really grind it out and really be spending time out there. Even if I can't make it out to hunt, I'm going to go glass the field and see how they're using it and, and trying to learn it again. Cause things do change. Yeah. And that's one 
thing I'm working on and it might not pay off this year, but I'm hoping it pays off next year. And, and you, you said the key word there, adapting. And I think the best hunters that are consistent out there are the ones that can adapt the most and to, I, to every situation. And, but th- that brings us back to the point that we're at right now is do you adapt and try to move and bounce or do you stick with your history of this has been a proven spot? I don't need to adapt. I need to plant my butt right there, grind it out, and you'll get your shot in these next week and a half, two weeks. So, again, there's a happy balance there. And, right. and uh, because I feel like adapting, you know, after this period and before this period is absolutely a critical you know, you can you can catch them doing something specific, bounce around and and get a crack at one. But when it's this time of year, I almost feel like if you've got that proven spot, you've got the wind right, you aren't bumping, you're not intruding. Get in, just get in there and sit as long as and as much as you possibly can. I yeah, I, I do agree with that. Definitely that fifth through the twelve, thirteenth around me anyway. That seems like a time that yes, definitely you want to be in there on, on them spots adapting like what I'm trying to do right now on this deer that I'm after you hit pinpoint him exactly on which ridge he's on. Um, I think a guy needs to adapt more. And I read an article back probably 20 years ago now, and it was talking about how younger hunters seem to be more successful a lot of the times because they're willing to adapt compared to somebody who's been hunting for 30 years that's stuck in their ways. That younger hunter can adapt and try different things and just grinds it out more in that way. And, uh, a lot of times we'll make them successful. Yep. And that's something that I have, I have gotten away from. <laughs> I've been, I wouldn't call it lazy, but in a sense, I guess it is. I've just stuck in my ways and, uh, I do, I need to change a few, needed to change a few things up. I think I'm in the same boat. I, I really do. And, uh, you, you get stuck it's not going to work the same way every time and you just got to bounce and grind and, and adapt to every situation. And, and again, we're not even, we haven't even talked about, you know, an individual buck because an individual buck is completely different from the the next buck. You know what I mean? Like what right. he does is totally different. And if you're pinpointing a particular deer, like you have to adapt to that deer, not, not big bucks in general. Um, at least for the properties that we're hunting for the most part. So that, that plays a huge role too. Yes. So, yep. and I, I, that's kind of, it all ties together, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, this, this next week and a half here that it does all, I guess, them pinch points, mm-hmm. not specific deer, but if you're in them right pinch points, you had history there, that time of year, that is where you need to be. And that's what I think for the, for the upcoming week, that's probably the main, I guess the main topic or the main punchline there is get where you've had past, even if you are hunting a specific deer, go where you see mature deer and pinch points that you can pinch them down to get the wind right for them and you. And that's probably your best chances of grinding them spots out. I do think for the next week, to 10 days. Yeah. Because you're not getting a lot of rhyme or reason during the rut. Correct. Correct. It's yep. back to just, they're going to be running, doing whatever they do. And you need a, a way to pinch them down. And I know a whole nother subject, but a lot of guys call and I'm not the best caller. So I do a little bit, but not a whole lot. Um, that is another, I've, I've got a relative of mine that he's phenomenal. At it. I mean, he, 
he sees he's got a couple spots and I don't know exactly. I need to pick his brain more, but he can set in that spot. And he's, he's, I guess it's kind of a pinch, but it's a 300 yard pinch from what I know. And, uh, he'll see him out there. Wind's right. He's got a little berm in between him and the deer and he hits him with the rattle horns and he puts him at the bottom of his tree damn near every time. And, uh, that's just something that I need to learn and adapt. And again, I, I, I don't have that skill. Yep. I'm not, I'm not very good at it. Yep. I used to do a bunch well, of it. I do very little of it anymore. Just, yep. Uh, he's very effective with it. He's killed a lot of big deer doing it. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Well, Hey Joel, I appreciate you hopping on today and I wish you the best and hopefully you can get out and get a crack at that target buck or, you know, one of the other ones that you're waiting to see shows up and you can get, get a crack at him. So. Exactly. I heard, I heard rumor of a, uh, of a giant lurking around one of my farms that, that I can hunt. And, uh, I'm going to start putting some time in there to, um, supposedly still alive. I haven't seen him in two years, but that would be, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing something like that's what we do it for. So never know, never know. I, w- I wish you have a good season here too. And I know you've been on a couple of good ones. And, uh, I think, I think this next couple of weeks, we're going to, we're going to see some, some good ones hit the dirt. Heck yeah. Looking forward to it. All right, Joel. Well, you have a good one, man. Appreciate it again. Yes. Thank you. See you, Joel. All right. We've got Chris Walker on the phone. It is trigger treat night. How, uh, I think you took your little one out tonight for Halloween, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Was that, it was, was that uh, his first time out? Yeah. Awesome. He's a cutie pie. Yeah, it was it was fun. You know, I hadn't been trick or treat in a long time. It was uh, fun. I went with uh, Max and some of our other friends with their kids, and uh, it was a good time. Yeah, you got a pretty good neighborhood where, not truly in the city, but just on the outskirts with a pretty big subdivision, so... I'm sure it's better trick-or-treating versus like here for me, like I'm in the rural, rural area. There's no really trick-or-treating here unless you go to town. Oh, yeah. Heck, last night we even had, we stopped at one house and um, a lady was handing out beers to us, (laughs) the parents. Nice. This is awesome. (laughs) And let's face it, Weston isn't eating any of that candy. It's all for you for the tree stand, right? Oh, yeah. That was the best part about it. And. (laughs) I'll tell you what, that kid learned real quick to go up to the doors and just grab his, or just grab as much candy as he could out of there. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, hey, man, we're here end of October. Uh, I know we didn't do a podcast last week, so we're, we're talking about week three and four. Um, so how many times have you been out in the last couple of weeks then? Um, let's see. I think I went last uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which would have been mid-October. And then I just was out Tuesday night through Sunday night. So quite a bit. Yeah. Um, You had had a lot of hunts. Were you hunting mornings all throughout that period too? Yeah, most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that uh, first weekend I took Sydney. I made a deal with her where I would take her out at least – once a month so that was her weekend where we got a babysitter and took her and um so just trying to maximize opportunity so we were hunting mornings even though they weren't too productive yeah but we were hunting uh on the edges you know and blinds and just easy access in and out so we weren't really disturbing too much yeah so is that all throughout or have you been deep in the timber since 
I have not got into timber really much at all yet. I'm still wait. We haven't really had too much show up in the timber. Really, it's just kind of been weird. Our our scrapes have really been pretty um, sparse hit, and uh, hasn't really been too much going on yet, which is kind of frustrating, but. Um, you know, we still have uh, a lot of corn in surrounding us. And with these warmer temperatures that we've had, it seems like the deer are mostly moving at last light and all through the night, early morning, that really hasn't given me a reason to push into the timber yet. Yeah. And I know, what was it, that I feel almost feel like the middle of October was definitely better than the end of October for at least – everything I noticed as far as scrape activity, as far as movement, uh, just everything. Because even now, like I'm having some pretty good hunts. I'm seeing some pretty good deer, but they're moving so slow. It's like the rut they never heard of it. I mean, they, they bump a doe just a little bit and then they go right back to feeding. And I'm seeing like half the deer on the acorns, half the deer out in the greens. But middle of October, it was so much better. And I know we had that cold front in the middle of October, but, um, Oh yeah. It's, it's pretty frustrating right now. Honestly. I agree a hundred percent. And it seems like, you know, it's talking about this, this past weekend with the does, it seems like, you know, the little bucks bumping them and it's just like, really, you want to do this when it's 75 degrees out right now. And, you know, it seems like activities going on at, at night more. So, um, the last couple of days, where, you know, they just, I don't know, they're not too uh, active, I guess. Yeah. I did see Sunday night when I was driving home, uh, not too far from our property, I did see a big buck in the middle of the field with a doe, though. Um, and that was probably about 8 p.m. So, you know, I think that there's definitely some does starting to go into heat now. Um, but it's just... Yeah. Happening at night. It's it's funny you said that because uh, Saturday I took the kids to a pumpkin festival and then we did a trick-or-treat thing that night. But when we were coming back home and it was, it was 9.30, something like that, one of my target bucks was literally standing in my driveway with a doe. And they jumped across the road and just sta- stood right there 20 yards from our van. And I'm just like... You butthead. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. But you did have some good encounters, though, in the last two weeks, didn't you? I, I remember seeing some video clips you sent me. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, <laughs> that mid-October weekend, we had that cold front. Sydney uh, and I were watching some does and I think some little bucks feeding out in a standing bean field. And she looked over at me and goes, big buck. And... I'm looking around outside the 360 blind. I don't see any buck. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, while we were watching those deer out in the field, this buck that we we're well aware of, he snuck in uh, to the food plot and bedded down 25 yards from the blind. And um, I couldn't see him because he was actually below one of the gun windows. He was that close to the blind. But it was a uh, it was a big buck. I think this deer's either four or five, probably mid one fifties, and really he's not on my shoot list. But 
Sydney has never killed a buck with her bow. And she looked at me and said, Chris, that's a big buck. I'm going to shoot him. Your dad told me I could shoot whatever I want. So he fits the bill and I'm going to shoot him. And I was like, well, I'm trying to survive this, uh, this blind sit and, uh, I'm not going to tell her no. So we talked about it and, um, we had all the windows open to her right, expecting that he would feed in front of the blind and go out to the sag field like he's been doing. And he didn't. He actually walked close to the blind, then went to the left and bedded down and never really gave Sydney a good shot. I didn't want her to shoot him, bedded down. And then when he was up, he was pretty much, you know, standing straight at us or slightly quartering and, I didn't want to take that shot. So she was heartbroken by the encounter. And I just explained, you know, that's welcome to bow hunting pretty much like yeah. so close, get so far so often. And, um, I don't know that buck, I don't know what his deal is, but we were able to climb out of the blind with him still bedded there and get out of there. And he never got up. And then Max had an encounter with him this, the very next night. He was able to walk to his tree stand and, uh, get into the stand with the deer 25 yards away from the stand. So I don't know what his deal is, but if he wants to be a giant, he better get smarter real quick because uh, he's not going to live much longer acting like that. Yeah, he's not going to make it. He's a pretty cool buck, too. He's got a bunch of extras on him, and he looked really cool. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's a neat deer. He kind of blew up this year, too, but I don't know. if it's, He was dumb last year, and he's proven to be dumb again this year so we'll see but really either way. really you're just waiting to hopefully get him get one more year on him for for you right yeah yeah like to see what he'd do if he got one more year but yeah like you said acting that like that mm, i don't know if he's gonna make it <laughs> yeah yep and you know that's just part of it you know now you're gonna make it and um you know you're you know it's okay i don't really want to shoot him and He's a trophy someone else, and again, that's fine. He's just uh, not quite acting like a mature buck should be. Yeah, no joke. So any other encounters in the last two weeks? Um, I did have one more. So I guess that encounter with Sydney was Saturday night, and that Sunday night I went out targeting a specific buck that I had been getting hit in a scrape, you know, just after shooting light. And I went in there after him. I saw him for two seconds before I lost him in the honeysuckle. And then I could still hear him and it was getting dark and I was starting to pack up, um, it was, you know, legal shoot shooting light expired. And, uh, I just lowered my bow was getting ready to climb out of the stand and he walked 10 yards under my stand took the trail that I walked in on and went out to this ag field. And I really didn't realize it was him until I got back and looked at the cell camera, but I basically followed him out and he, uh, I was two minutes behind him on the, uh, reveal pick that I got. So that was kind of frustrating. Um, but it still helped my confidence, you know, just going in for a certain buck and then being that close and, uh, almost getting it done. But, Again, that was when we had that cold front. They were moving a little earlier. I mean, he was clearly daylighting somewhere else. It's not close enough to my stand. Mm -hmm. And um, other than that, I've just uh, seen a bunch of does and a little bucks. Max and I saw 
a shooter Saturday night come out as soon as uh, we climbed down out of the stands. He popped out of a drainage ditch and was feeding in a standing bean field. But other than that, it's just been so slow. I mean, we've had these nights with no wind or actually it's been all day where you go out, it's warm enough, you're just hearing frogs and crickets. Sounds like your ears are ringing all day. And it's just torture. I really don't like hunting these uh, days where there's absolutely no wind. The deer are a little more skittish and just not seeing the movement that I'd be expecting this time of year. Yeah, and you got to be on your toes. I mean, any movement you make is very visible to them. If, oh, yeah, and that's know, no win. That was, uh, you know, Max and I doubled up this weekend. We were using a decoy, and that was nice because all the deer came out were um, checking out that decoy and walking up to it and really not paying much attention uh, to anything else. So, you know, that was an advantage of when you can use a decoy to your advantage. Yeah, took the attention but off it, and everything else. Yeah, and that that was pretty funny seeing, you know, we had this little, I'd say it's probably two-and-a-half-year-old coming through these cedars and really wasn't paying attention, but, man, as soon as he saw that decoy, he put his ears back and bristled up, and it was just, Max and I, I think, both laughed out loud. It was just funny to, to watch and, and see, and, you know, that's, uh, you and I have talked about this. I just have... Uh, a goal of wanting to kill a mature buck coming into this decoy so bad that uh, I've just been kind of using it quite a bit lately and hoping that it comes together because when it works out, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And I hope it does work out for you. I just know that uh, after seeing that last video last year where the number one buck, the 200 incher, comes out in that field and as soon as he sees that decoy completely bolts oh man yep and you know that's we talk about this all the time is you know certain bucks aren't gonna you know they're not aggressive and he clearly wasn't he know he didn't break uh any of his 22 points or whatever he had and um you know where we have so many aggressive mature deer this year uh, that I think, you know, it's only a matter of time before one of them comes up to it. Just the the way that I'm seeing uh, them interact with other bucks on the cameras and push them off and a lot of fighting going on that, you know, I'm going to use that to my advantage. And, you know, I'm not hunting a particular deer right now that I know that's going to be afraid of it. So right. also kind of using it. Right. You got a bigger pool this year that – Multiple shooters that surely one of them is going to be dominant and be bristled up and want to fight. Exactly. Yep. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that video when it happens. But yeah, I, I know I've had some terrible luck with decoys years ago, and ever since then I decided I'd never use one again. It cost me a really nice 165-inch, probably 10-pointer. <clears throat> Just same thing as what your 200 did. I mean, he saw it, and <clears throat> he didn't bolt like yours, but... He just stood there, looked at it, and stomped his foot. And the does that was with him, too, were stomping and blowing. And I was like, never again. Now, if I didn't have the decoy, they're going to come out and be wide open 25, 30 yards. But, again, every deer is different. You know, if that would have been a dominant buck that liked to fight and, you know, showed his territory, he probably would have came in and could have got a shot. 
And, yep. you're, and you're right. It is so cool seeing those videos when they bristle up, lay their ears back, come in, and try to destroy those decoys. That's super cool. Oh, yeah. They get so, like, much tunnel vision on it. Like, you can damn near do jumping jacks in your tree stand in the wood and you pay attention to you. Yeah, they, when crazy. they lock on, they lock on. Yeah, hundred percent. So, what's your what's the plans going forward? When when you're going to be able to get back out there? You know, I normally would be so upset and frustrated not being able to hunt. You know, tomorrow, like November, you know, Halloween through November second, usually some of my favorite days to hunt. And pretty disappointed this last week of uh, October. You know, we normally have really good luck and have really good encounters, and we had, you know, basically zero. So it's really been frustrating, but I mean, I'm not even mad about having to work this week because it's mid seventies all week. And, uh, I just don't expect the year to really be moving too much, but I'm going to go this weekend and then I'm going to try and hunt as much as I possibly can next week. Next week looks good. We're getting a little bit of cooler temperatures and mm-hmm. back into the thirties for the lows. So yeah, I think, uh, next week they'll be fired up, but you know, I'm hunting the the rut is, you know, I like to get them in the pre-rut stage where they're looking for that first zone, kind of exploring the territory and not running 100 miles an hour and chasing stuff. I just find that harder uh, for self-filming a lot of times. But, you know, it's uh, these, this next week calendar's right, and we all know that trumps weather, so I expect them to be out moving and, have seen some shooters on the, the cell cameras yesterday, really for the first time. So um, we're getting closer. It's just we need uh, the weather to cooperate a little better for us. Yeah, and and I wasn't able to go this morning due to sickness and dealing with my kiddo. One of my kiddos is sick, but I I, uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier when I was talking that um, uh, I think mornings, at least for this week, is going to be pretty crucial. Uh, your best shot most likely just because it's it's cooler and the afternoons that I've been seeing them <clears throat> you know they're they're coming out so late that it's by the time they can get to you it's, it's already past shooting light so uh, exactly this morning I did have a big uh, one of my shooters on camera about 7 30 in the morning and I had a picture of him last night at 10 o'clock so I'm going to try to slip in there in the mornings and uh, get get after them. You know, dealing with the sickness sucks, but got to grind it out, man. Oh, yeah. We're, yep, we're used to that, and we are sure as crap do. I mean, man. Yeah. That's the part that sucks the most is just looking at social media. It's like literally every person but you has shot a buck, it seems like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it frustrates you, but it's like. It, it, it is not, you know, every, there's tons of people that are struggling, but man, I, I'm sure a lot of people can relate when they hop on social media. It's like, holy crap, literally everyone is killing a buck except me. But, uh, oh, yeah. you know, the time, time will come and, you know, every property is different and just got to be there. I mean, simple as that, grind it out and bounce around different sets and keep your spots fresh and, you know, get after it. But yeah, we, the, the part we, I hate about this time of year too, though, is there's going to be no rhyme or reason. You know, it, again, it's just it comes down to you got to be there. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, actually, heck, I completely forgot about this, but Saturday morning, we had a buck that was uh, walked around. I can't believe it was like 7.30 a.m., and he was north of me by a couple hundred yards, and he's a shooter. And this deer, uh, his home range is about a mile and a half, two miles uh, away from us. And we never, I believe this deer is at least five years old, could be six. Um, but we've never had a picture of that deer. We knew of him, but he was in the middle of our property and, um, yeah, no rhyme or reason. I think honestly, uh, where he's hanging out, he got pushed out by some bigger bucks. He's a small bodied uh, deer and, um, you know, he just showed up out of nowhere. So you're right. You never know. Like we've talked, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, you got to pick and choose your battles. And this week after what we suffered through last week with warmer weather and no wind, I just, I mentally need to take some time off and just get excited to go back out there again. And, uh, you know, just keep grinding it. But, you know, it's, yeah, I just want to. Like we always say, you know, 90% of it's a mental game. I mean, you got to stay fresh, uh, stay motivated because, Man, when you let your guard down and you're in a slump and you're just there to be there, it seems like that's when you make your mistakes. That's when crap happens. Um, yep. And and if you if you got a good mindset, everything just feels so much better. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, normally this time of year, if you got good cold weather and everything, like you know these these days are worthy. Now we're in the first of November um, coming up and you know, potentially all day sit, but right now, I mean, it is not worth it. You're going out there the first couple hours and the last couple hours, and, yeah, I'm, I'm just mentally not quite there to, yep. to stick it out. 100%. 100%. Well, hey, dude, I'm, I'm looking forward to you being able to get out there. I know uh, you guys are going to do good, uh, have some really good encounters at the very least. Coming soon, and like you said, that cold front's coming uh next week but gonna try to focus on some mornings and get some stuff done during the midday and you know at least try to hunt the afternoons if i can um but yeah looking forward to it man hopefully uh we have a little better luck yeah we're we're due it's uh you know reese killed that one early on and stormy but you know as a team we're not really seeing too much so Hopefully that changes soon and we start knocking them down like uh, we're seeing on social media and everywhere else. Right, right. No joke. No joke. All cool, right, man. Well, have a good have a good night. And, uh, yeah, we'll follow up with you hopefully next week with uh, a Big Buck Down update. Yep, yeah, let's, let's hope so. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. All right. See you, bud.